episode 29, our first listener mailbag Q&A. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Switching things up on the show this week, I could continue to sit here and wax poetic about all the topics I want to talk about, but at the end of the day, this podcast is about you. It's about providing service. It's about giving you practical answers to real-life challenges that you're going through. So a couple weeks ago, we invited you to email us here at the podcast, dan at creativesoulcoaching.net, and let us know what questions do you have? Where is it you're feeling stuck in life? If you and I could sit down at a Starbucks, for 20 minutes and you could ask me one question, what would it be? And we got some amazing questions that have come in over the past couple weeks and we're going to try to get to as many of them as we can. And to help me out, I get to introduce you to a very dear friend of mine and a man who makes all the magic happen here behind the scenes and actually makes me sound reasonably intelligent. He is my producer and my editor, Matt Hayes, joining me on the podcast this week. What's up, my brother? Hi, Dan Mason. I get so many people, Matt, who tell me, Dan, you know, I want to start my own podcast and I think I could do this, but I don't know. I listen to you and you talk so eloquently and you're just so straightforward and everything is so well thought out and I don't know if I can do that. And then I have to give them the truth to say, actually, I can't do that. Matt just edits it all down in post-production <laughs> and makes me sound intelligent. To be honest, it's weird when I chat with you personally now, when I hear you talk in my head, I'm mentally editing you. So you'll do like an um or and or something. I'm like, this is, I want to edit that out when I'm listening to you talk, not in the podcast form. It's very weird, but it's, it's really fun to be part of this. And I get a real kick out of this. And also too, I love the content that we produce. I consume it. I live this life. And, you know, I sometimes need to pick me up too. So to be able to be part of this and to help other people as well, it's, it's so much fun. I hope uh, people get so much value out of this podcast. And a lot of this, you know, I think what we realize and why I love doing group coaching programs is a lot of times you hear people who are going through a struggle in your life and it almost reinforces the fact that I'm not alone. You're going to see yourself reflected in some of the questions that you hear today. While I'm answering questions for the person who wrote in, I really just want to stress we're doing this for all the listeners. So be sure to go to Instagram, Twitter, hit me up at CSC Dan Mason, screenshot this podcast, share it with your friends and let me know what were your big breakthroughs and what were your biggest takeaways and aha moments? And with all that being said, Matt, I guess we can just dive on in. What have you got over there for questions? Love this. Questions from the Life Amplified Facebook group. We're going to start with Caitlin. Caitlin asks, at what point do you decide a relationship doesn't serve you anymore? Ooh, loaded question. For me, it was when I was sick with the flu in 2012 and like dragging myself onto the bed and my ex-wife's tablet was open and I saw a bunch of emails she was writing and exchanging with another man. Uh, for me, that was like the big aha moment that maybe this isn't the relationship for me to be in anymore. And hopefully nobody is going through something like that on their own, but I get it. Relationships are a challenge and that's whether you're in a marriage 
marriage or if you're in just a long-standing romantic relationship and there's a lot of things that you have to consider because so often those first three to six months of any new relationship are magical. You're in the honeymoon phase and you have the butterflies in the stomach. It's like, I'm so in love. Inevitably, by the end of year one, you start to get resentful. It's like, hey, wait, this person isn't showing up and doing all the things that they did at the beginning of the relationship and now I'm starting to see them for who they are. And, you know, I tell people all the time during that butterflies in the stomach phase, when you think you're in love with your partner, you're not really in love with them. You're addicted to a lot of chemicals. You're addicted to dopamine and oxytocin and all the chemicals that our body produces when there's a brand new relationship. But eventually that chemical reaction wears off and love is what we're left with the minute that we have to actually show up and do the work. So Caitlin, here's a few things I would ask you to consider if you're in a relationship and you're not sure if it's serving you anymore. Number one, this goes without saying, but is there any abuse? Is there physical, emotional, mental abuse happening in this relationship? relationship and if the answer is affirmative then you've got to get out and you need to do that like yesterday do it as soon as possible there is no excuse for that you can't justify it a lot of times we like to blame ourselves if we feel that we're being mentally emotionally abused physically abused why it's our fault there is no excuse for it and in the age of me too and women taking back their power you got to leave the relationship if that's the case but that shouldn't also be the gold standard for what your relationship should be we talked about this with Mastin Kip a couple weeks ago on the show. There's people who are like, well, you know, I'm in a relationship that's so much healthier because I was with somebody who abused me and now I'm just with somebody who ignores me and I don't feel seen. Yeah, technically that's an upgrade in the relationship, but that's still not what we're going for. The biggest guideline that I would give you, Caitlin, is to ask yourself this. When I look at this relationship over the last six months to a year, does it energize me? Does it bring me joy? Does it make me feel good? Or do I just find myself feeling depleted? And it's not that any relationship is going to energize you and be great 100% of the time, but it should give you energy more often than not. So even if you're only happy and energized and joyful and in love 51% of the time, then you might be going through a rough patch and there's some things that we could talk about. But if you find yourself more just depleted and exhausted by the relationship that you're in more often than not, then it's really time to take a long look in the mirror and consider, is this the right situation for me moving forward because the point of any romantic relationship, like if you want the epic soulmate relationship. A lot of times we think it's about love, it's about companionship, it's about having common interests, we think it's about sex, and it's really about none of those things. At the end of the day, the point of an epic romantic relationship is about intimacy, not just physical intimacy. In fact, if that's the only intimacy you have in a relationship, that's dangerous, but true emotional intimacy. You know, because we all want to know the same thing. Can I show up and be at my lowest? Can I be at my absolute worst? Can I show you the parts of me that I don't even know are lovable and will you still be there for me? You know, that is so important. You've got to have somebody who's committed to showing up for you on the good days just as much as the bad days. And the other piece of that is growth. If your relationship isn't growing, it's dying. There are two factors that you need to consider with that. Number one, are you growing? Are you investing in yourself? Are you doing your own emotional and spiritual work to be the best version of you? Do you know your purpose? Are you bringing it to life? Because a lot of times it's easy for us to outsource our happiness and think it's our partner's responsibility to make us happy. So are you growing? And then is your partner committed to growth? 
are they growing also? And I'll be really honest. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last fall, and I've never gotten into depth on it, but maybe this is a good time to address it is, you know, I was very honest with everybody at the end of last year. I ended a three-year relationship, and she's an amazing human being, and we're still friends, and, you know, we still talk and text, and there is a lot of love there and a lot of well wishes. And we never really fought a lot. It wasn't a toxic relationship. But when we first started dating, I was spinning my wheels in a corporate career where I wasn't really fulfilled. I was always stressed out. I was always bringing that stress home. And to some degree, she was too. And that's how we bonded a lot is through the commiseration. Oh, you had a bad day. You're stressed out. So am I. Well, let's go to the wine bar and let's go get an $80 bottle of wine and we'll talk about it. And when I finally decided to make finding my purpose my number one priority and I stepped away, a lot of that started to change for me. Like my priority my values shifted. I wanted to be a person who was more about contribution. And I walked away from a lot of certainty and security. And she was not in a place where she felt ready to do that. You know, she was ready to stay in the same place where she was. And it doesn't make her wrong. But eventually, if one partner is growing and the other isn't, you're going to end up growing apart. And that's where we found ourselves. Like I said, there's still a lot of love, a lot of support there, but we came to a decision that it was time to walk away. So you have to consider, am I growing? Is my partner growing? And are we at least moving in the same direction? It doesn't mean that you both have to go to yoga class. It doesn't mean growth means that you both love to go to spiritual development retreats. That's not really what we're talking about here. It's different than that. There has to be a commitment to growth on both sides. Also, one other question that I would leave this with for Caitlin is, what is your intention? tension in the relationship. Are you and your partner both willing to show up for each other, support each other, be vulnerable and self-disclose about what is true for each other without thinking that your truth is the absolute truth? There's an ability for any relationship to work. There has to be that empathy, which means that you have to at least put yourself in the other person's shoes and try to understand where they're coming from and know that they're doing the same for you. That is huge. And those are the things that I think, you know, like at a base level, just for not that this was a super quick answer, but those are the most important elements, I think, off the top of my head that really are important in a relationship. And if you find that those boxes aren't being checked off, then it's time to step back and reevaluate. So I really appreciate the question, Caitlin, and I hope that serves you and I hope it helps you find some clarity. I wonder for me personally, Personally, I've made a lot of major changes in my life this year, and I've questioned a lot of not romantic relationships, but friendships and just different types of relationships with other types of people that I have in my life. Do you think those questions are valid for friendships or family members or even work relationships that you might have? Well, yeah. I mean, look, work relationships are a little bit different uh, because it's not like you want to show up at work with every person in the office and spend your time talking about your deepest emotional wounds. You know, I'm not going to yoga class with the secretary. Okay, good to know that. Yeah, but in your friendships, yes, it's the same idea that we want to know that we can show up and be loved for who we are and not who we think we have to be to get love and attention from the other person. So in your friendships, yes, you can absolutely have friendships that are an energy suck. There are people in your life who are energy vampires who constantly have a crisis going on. They need your time. They need your attention. But maybe Maybe they don't give back to you 
the same way. When you're having a problem, those need to be reevaluated as well. And sometimes those relationships can be family. You know, that's something else I've realized since I made a lot of changes in my life and changed some of my values. It's not really in alignment with some members of my family so that there's a little bit less to talk about. And again, it doesn't make the other people wrong, but it does stress the importance of surrounding yourself with a community and a tribe of people who get you and get what you're working toward and believe in you. I think that that is a key in your life. You've got to find those relationships. If not romantically, then certainly with just your friends and your community around you. Love it. Let's get to Alexa's question. I think a lot of people can relate to this and we hear a lot about this in the Life Amplified Facebook group too. Her question is, how do I worry about not hurting others? I find myself making decisions out of fear of hurting other people's feelings. I worry so much about making others feel good that I feel like I get stuck doing things things that I don't want to do. I love giving and doing things for others, but I realize that by putting others first, I'm not living to my fullest life myself. Mm. Yeah, I would say, Alexis, uh, welcome to the club. <laughs> this is where my personal growth journey started. And for 99% of the clients that I work with, they come to me in the same place. So I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability. And I would tell you this, your only real obligation to other people is to bring your happiest self to the table. That's the only obligation that you have to your friends, your family, your loved ones, is to give your happiest self to them. And that means also that sometimes you have to speak your truth with love. Now, a lot of times in the spiritual community, we get really, you know, confused about what that is. We're like, you know, I'm just speaking my truth and I want to tell you why you're an a-hole and why you're a stupid bitch. And I'm telling you why you're a stupid bitch because this is my truth and I'm going to honor it. That's emotional vomiting. But you can have an honest discussion about your feelings and what you need. And sometimes that's going to include the word no. And how other people react to that when you say no has nothing to do with you. That is not yours to hold. We talk a lot, and if you've been on any of my recent webinars where we've been talking about how to discover your life's purpose, one of the concepts that we talk about is this idea of the purpose hierarchy. And I learned this from my mentor, but there is a certain hierarchy when it comes to living your purpose. Like as we're generating these emotions that we want to experience each day, we have to give those emotions to ourselves first. So if your purpose is to love, you have to love yourself. You have to find ways that do that, that feel an integrity and an alignment for you. Then the next layer of that is you got to love your higher power. This is a mistake for some people. They're depending on your religious convictions or where you grew up. A lot of people think they have to put higher power above themselves, which is completely in contrast with even some of the teachings of the Bible. There's quotes in the Bible and verses that say God helps those who help themselves. So there are many people who think that they deserve to have something in their life or deserve to make this big change just because they pray about it or just because they put it on a vision board. But the reality is that that's great, but you have to actually take some of that action on yourself. So you give these emotions to yourself first, then your higher power, then you give it to other people. And most of the time people tell me, well, God, Dan, I feel like that's selfish if I do that. If I'm putting other people last behind myself and behind my higher power connection, that just makes me a real jerk. And that's not the case. You're giving to yourself just enough so that you have the energy 
to show up for other people. We use this concept a lot too. Think what it's like to be financially in debt when you owe other people money. I mean, that feels like hot garbage. It feels heavy, it feels stressful. You know, if I were your financial advisor and I told you, hey, uh, you know, Alexis, just go take all your money out of savings, go up and down the streets of your hometown, hand out $100 bills to every stranger you see, and don't worry about it. You don't have to replenish that money in the savings account at all. A, I'd be the world's worst financial advisor. But number two, if you did that strategy, you would go broke. We would never consider just giving all of our money away without replenishing the account. But we do it with our energy every day. We roll out of bed. We're immediately in the email, putting out fires for work at 6 a.m. Many instances before we even roll over and say good morning to our partner. Then it's this battle of, oh, I got to get the kids ready. And then I got to, you know, take care of my friends. Got to take care of my family. Got to take care of the community. And you're going and going and going, overworking in a job where you're, you know, spending 55 hours for a salary where they only pay you for 40. Then you come home and there's nothing left for you. That's emotional bankruptcy. And some of the biggest ways that you can know if this is an issue for you, if you've been putting yourself last, is A, you feel perpetually overwhelmed and stressed out. Telltale sign that you're in emotional debt. Number two, even though you don't like to admit it, or maybe you actually have just gotten to the point where you do come out and admit it, where you're resentful about what you have to do for other people because you're trying to give to them what you don't even have for yourself. So you say yes when they need your help, but you're doing it through clenched teeth and it feels bad for you. And then the third one is, is that the praise and acceptance that you get from other people doesn't even feel good to you because on some level, you know, you're not really being loved for who you are. You're being loved for who other people want you to be. And if any of those ring true, maybe one, two, or all three of them, then it's time for you to reconsider how you've been spending your energy and knowing that the only way you're going to have the energy to show up in the world as a giver, and trust me, I am all about contribution. You know, I think it's only through giving that we actually receive in life, but it starts with you giving to you so that you have got the energy to show up at work, that you have the energy to give to your family, to your kids, to your friends, and to the world at large. Alexis, my big thing for you is your only obligation is to discover your purpose, to bring it to life, and to speak your truth to other people with love. When you said, Alexis, take your money out of your savings, I thought you originally said, Alexa, take your money out of your savings. And I imagine all these smart speakers all around the country there and just take <laughs> like the bank accounts being completely emptied because you said that out loud on a podcast. If your money is completely emptied out of your bank account, we apologize. We want to yeah, just clarify. Please that. go fix that immediately. Turn off the podcast, go fix it, and then come back for the rest of the questions. So a question from Lori, a little bit of a curveball. Lori said, I know you've been in radio and you are a semi-pro wrestler by night. And by the way, I just use air quotes when I said semi-pro wrestler. But what was your first job and what did you learn from it? Uh, Like first job, like professionally or first job ever in my life? I think everyone who has a first job in even you know something small, you learn something really strong that might you might use throughout the rest of your life. So how about that? Well, what was your yeah. first job, like your first job as a teenager? Yeah, I bagged groceries 
at our little local family-owned grocery store in Poolsville, Maryland, where I grew up. By the way, we get a ton of listening in the uh, Washington, D.C. metro area, so shout out to Montgomery County. And I grew up in Poolsville back in the days when literally it was like a grocery store, a gas station, and a McDonald's. So that's all we had. Um, now they but, have a Target and a Starbucks, so it's all great. Yeah, I don't even know if they've moved on to Target yet, quite honestly. The Chamber of Commerce still be, might be keeping that pushed out. Starbucks, I'm sure at this point they probably have. But here's what I will tell you. Uh, my first job was bagging groceries for this little place called Selby's Market. And I think I was making whatever minimum wage was at the time, like three twenty-five or something like that. And I will also tell you it's probably one of the most fun experiences I've ever had at a job. It was a great group of people, super friendly. I had so many kids that I went to school with who also worked as the bag boys. And I remember it was like me, my buddy Jim Ridgeway back in the day, my friend Neil. And we used to just do the dumbest crap ever. Like we would wait until the store closed down at night and we're having to like sweep up aisles. And that would be inevitably when one of us would raid like the cheap toy aisle that they always had at the grocery store with like the three ninety nine cheap toys mm -hmm. and find like a rubber rat and then go like place it on the, the ground beef in the produce section and start snapping pictures and use it to like bribe the bosses. Like we had all these different rituals that we do, like when it was a bag boy's last day, like if they were leaving to go take another job, we had this whole ritual that we would do where everybody would line up with the grocery bags out and you know, the person would have to run through the stream of grocery bags on their way out the door to take their final walk. I mean, like literally I was 15 years old at the time, but I will say what I learned from that, it is so important to keep a sense of fun and keep a sense of play in your career, in your office. You know, there's so many people that are just sort of chained to a cubicle and feeling like they're just a number and that they're a widget or they're a cog in the machine. And you can enjoy anything that you do if you bring a sense of play to it. I didn't make good money. You know, it's not like, I mean, I made enough to go out and go see a movie on the weekend with my friends or, you know, on the rare occasions when a girl was goodly enough to go on a date with me in high school. <laughs> I could I couldn't make that happen. But, you know, it wasn't a glamorous job, but it's also, when I look back, one of the most fun experiences I had. And, and where you're at today is how do you bring a sense of play into what you're doing? And particularly for my entrepreneur friends, because I'll tell you, this is an area of my life right now where I find myself struggling a bit is I work from home. I can work from anywhere in the country via my laptop when I'm coaching my clients or if I'm making this podcast, but I don't always have that group of people around me, you know, because I'm a solopreneur and it's it just heightens the importance of getting out on a weekend and still finding that opportunity to play and to have fun and just to be goofy and to laugh and to smile and to have people around you where you can do that with, who share your sense of humor. Now, if you were working at the grocery store and you put the toys on the meat and you posted the photos online, you'd be all over BuzzFeed instead. So it's <laughs> yeah, right. different. As we're starting to get into summertime, we start hearing about summer jobs and everyone doing something fun and different for those that are in high school and college and all. And, and you're right. It seems that when you talk to people about what jobs they do today, they might love what they do or they might not. But every, so many times when you talk about a first job or something you did when you were younger, there's so many fun stories that people have. And you, you don't hear people talk about jobs like that, that they might have today as they did, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And my God, if you are a college student who's listening to this podcast right now, and even if you're just a recent college graduate and you're going through the motions at a job you hate, for the love of God, this is the time to go out and play and to experiment 
and see yeah. what works for you. You know, there are so many people who are going down a career path because they think it's safe, they think it's secure, that it's what their parents told them that they should do, it's what a counselor said they'll be good at, and they're going in every day with no sense of joy. And some adult out there is telling them, oh, well, that's fine, it gets better. You know, you'll just enjoy your vacation time. I mean, my God, I just read an article in Forbes where 50% of Americans right now leave vacation time on the table. We don't even take it because Amazing. we're so crazy worried about being overwhelmed when we get back to the office. You know, we're so crazy overwhelmed that the performance of the division is going to slip if we're not there. So even the people who are taking vacation are glued to their iPhone the whole time. You know, that's something um, with my ex and I, when we'd go on vacation, it would inevitably happen where she would always have to spend a couple hours on a conference call anytime we were on a trip. And it's a pandemic right now. So that sense of play, especially when you're young, go out and just go be an idiot and, and play and travel the world and find the thing that feels right for you. Because if you think it's going to get easier when you're 40 or 50, it's not. <laughs> you know, so yeah. now's the time to really do that. Even if somebody is more in middle to later stages of their life, yeah. you can still go find that sense of play. You can still find something that you love that brings you enjoyment. You know, me, I me. like to think that I can be an example of that for people, but there's plenty of uh, other people who've done the same who are w much older than I am. Maybe you're at a job and there isn't as much fun. Maybe you can be the catalyst and the spark to do something fun, to be that person to spark that fun in the office so that way that can continue on that way. Maybe you just need to be that person that steps up to the plate and says, let's have some fun and, and bring some energy back into the office. Yeah, uh, Brendan Burchard talks about that a lot, just this idea of bring the joy, that it's your responsibility to bring the joy into any situation that you go into. All right, let's get to Cheryl's question. Cheryl has made some steps in the right direction, but has a question about the path she's going on. Cheryl asks, when do you know if you should persist and keep trying towards a goal or if you're headed down the wrong path? She's been applying for a supervisory position and hasn't heard a thing about it. Is she supposed to keep trying or is the universe trying to tell her that maybe she's supposed to be doing something else? Love this question. So Cheryl, a couple things. Number one, if the door you're pushing on doesn't open, it wasn't your door. One of the things I've realized in my life is sometimes the greatest blessings that we have are the unanswered prayers. And I believe that the universe really only has two answers when we set an intention for our life. Carolyn Mace has the quote that the universe would not give you an appetite without the promise of a meal. So if there's something that you really want, you know, remember the universe only has two answers. Yes and not yet because there's something even better than you can imagine coming after it. You know, you might be chasing a job that will give you a $10,000 pay raise and not get it and feel very disappointed, but you don't know what's coming next. There could be the job with a $25,000 pay raise and an office where there is a lot of joy and there's a sense of play. So you gotta keep the faith on that. One of the biggest myths that kill people when it comes to living their purpose is, well, I didn't get what I wanted, so it must not have been meant to be. There are plenty of times in my life when I haven't gotten what I wanted in career, in relationships, in all sorts of areas, but not getting what you want is often just a sign of spiritual redirection. Now, there's one other point that I would want Cheryl to consider, and this is a little harder because I can't coach her one-on-one -on -one in this format, but why do you want this supervisory position so bad? Is it really aligned with who you are? Is it a chance for you to advance your purpose and to bring it to life in the world? Or is it something that you're chasing because you believe that that 
bigger title is going to give you more status or that it's going to make you look important because I know a lot of people who do this. And I was this guy, like over the last two jobs in my corporate career. I thought, you know, get the bigger title, the bigger position, more money, the corner office. That's going to be great. My life's going to look awesome on Facebook. And then within three months of getting it, I was right back to square one where I felt empty. Maybe this isn't happening for you because it's not aligned with your purpose, but only you know that for sure. If this is something that you just believe is truly your mission in life, keep trying and know that the right thing is going to show up. And just stop and say, hey, is this really what I truly want? If I just meditate and get in touch with my highest self, is this aligned with the biggest, highest vision that I have for my life? And if not, then it might be time to reconsider the goal. Let's move on to Rebecca's question. Rebecca asks, I left my soul-sucking job three years ago and recently was able to move into the kind of work I've been wanting to do for years. But now what? (laughs) I love this. What is the key to continued self-development and staying connected to my purpose? Well, this is almost the soulmate question to what Cheryl just asks. Here's somebody who stepped out and went after what she thought that she had wanted to do for years. And then she got there and now she's going, well, is this all there is? And this is such a perfect illustration of everything I talk about on this podcast, that we're chasing physical material things out in the world. But what we're really going for purpose is that emotional internal drive. And this is why getting stuff never provides lasting happiness. You'll get the new job, you'll get the bigger house, you'll find the new relationship. And at some point, you're going to find yourself exactly where she is right now. So here's a few things to consider for Rebecca. If this is truly the job you always wanted. If this is the job that is aligned with your purpose, why is there a need to reach a next level for you so soon? You know, is that a pattern in your life where you get something that you wanted that you think will make you feel like you're enough and then you still feel like you're not enough? I know that this is something that I've had to work through. One of my biggest issues back in my corporate career is I was that guy. I was always chasing the next big job. I thought that it would finally like be like crossing the finish line and I could celebrate and I was going to be at this point of self-acceptance and joy if I just got the next big thing. And each new job left me unfulfilled. And I walked away and I started my own business, right? Because now I am in my purpose and I know who I am. And I read Dr. Wayne Dyer and I go to Tony Robbins conventions. So now I'm going to get it all right. You know, my biggest dream early on in it, when I started my coaching business was, God, if I could just replicate the amount of money I was making in corporate, everything would be great. So I was, you know, had been working forever. Or if I could just make a little bit beyond what I made in corporate. Boy, I'd really feel like I arrived. And I worked with this single pointed focus for like the first year and a half trying to get to this number in my head. And finally, I got there. It was the first time I'd ever made more in a month than I did working for the man in corporate America. And I was so excited and I felt like I was on top of the world for about three days. And then I emailed my mentor and I was like, hey, what do I do next? You know, should I raise my rates? Should I create some group coaching packages? What else should I do? What else should I do? And he just stopped and he said, what you do is you stop and you friggin celebrate what you've accomplished and you go do something nice with your girlfriend. And that was the moment it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, I'm doing the same thing I did in corporate America, that same pattern that eventually made me collapse after running on the hamster wheel for you know 18 years in corporate i was doing the same thing in this new job and i was like okay got it 
maybe find gratitude for where I'm at right now. Maybe just allow myself to celebrate this win. And then, yes, we have a constant need for expansion and growth in our life. You can set the new goal, but if you can't celebrate where you're at right now, you'll never celebrate the bigger win. You know, I would just ask Rebecca, just step back for a second, reconsider what you believe your purpose is, because it's not a job. You know, the job itself is not your purpose. Your purpose is the emotion you cultivate within yourself each day. And it's not an employer or a job or a significant other's responsibility to give you those emotions. You create them from within and then you find a job that aligns with that purpose so you can give it to others. So if this job that you thought you were chasing really isn't aligned with the purpose, different conversation. If this is aligned with your purpose, just take a deep breath celebrate, show up and serve, and trust that the next right level for you is going to unfold in time. It's almost as if we can't stop and just enjoy life and enjoy the moment that we're living in. Yeah. I mean, look, if we could do that, there'd be no need for this podcast and there would be no need for what I do for a living and people wouldn't be laying on the therapist's couch for hours. It's the human condition. One of life's master lessons is realizing that all the things you're searching for outside of yourself you already have within you. And once you reconnect to what that is and you bring it forward and you can help other people through your service, helping them solve the problems that you've solved, helping add value to other people's lives, that's where the magic is. But the answer isn't out there, wherever out there is for you. The answers always happen from inside. And look, I mean, we grew up in a permission-based culture and we grow up where we have to, you know, honor thy father and mother was one of the Ten Commandments and respect your elders. And we grew up in a culture where we have to raise our hands just to go pee when we're in elementary school. So, you know, it's a little built into the culture where we're always looking for that approval or direction from other people. But ultimately, the GPS is within you. And that's so much of what my work is, is helping people really reconnect back to their own intuition and figure out what is the life that they wanted to create before they started valuing the opinion of other people over their own. And that's why I continue to work with mentors myself and I will always invest in my own self-development the rest of my life. The other piece of this is while the answers are internal, we never see our own blind spots. We get caught up in that head versus heart battle where our heart knows what the right decision is, but the head always speaks louder and the head speaks up on behalf of the limitations rather than the possibilities. So much of this journey is just getting out of that survival response in the brain and coming home to yourself, coming home to your heart and to your intuition. And, you know, perhaps that sounds a little cheesy, like a Hallmark card to you, but I believe it with every fiber of my being. That's the journey that we're all on. Thank you so much to uh, Rebecca, Lori, Cheryl, Alexis, and Caitlin for your questions. Those were fantastic. I Even sitting here talking to you, Dan, that made me think about a lot of things, even in my life and where I'm at right now. It seems no matter what spot you are in your life and on your own journey, there's something we can learn pretty much from all five of these people, especially your semi-pro wrestling career. We, we may have been able to learn something if we would have dug into that, but I decided to pass on that one for this podcast. We'll get to it at another time. Well, I appreciate you jumping on to join me for the podcast today, Matt. And I just want to say to your point about learning so much through the questions and the challenges of other people and how it applies to your life. It's one of the big reasons I believe in a group coaching format so much. My mentorship group that I'm part of, there's a group of about 50 of 
of us. And we just uplifted and supported each other and had so many big wins as a team over the last 12 months with the guidance of my mentor. And that's also why right now I'm taking applications and we're enrolling people for my Life Amplified VIP group coaching program, which kicks off on June 30th. I'm so excited about this. Now, my group coaching is more intimate. We don't take 50 people in the group, but it is a solid tribe of people who are going to uplift you, support you, believe in you, even on the days when you don't. Plus, you're going to have daily access to me. We have weekly group coaching calls, but there is private access to me and a separate Facebook group that we create just for the people in this program. And I can tell you after just watching how much people grew when I did this earlier in the year, literally people getting their new business off the ground within five weeks, people setting boundaries with relationships, massive breakthroughs, massive shifts, taking back their power, living life on their terms. It just lit me up to see how accelerated the growth was in this format. And I still have some spots left for the program that opens up on June 30th. I would love for any listener out there who is struggling right now, who's feeling lost, who needs some more direction to come join us. Uh, It will be a transformative, life-changing three-month experience of extraordinary support and transformation. So you can go to danmasoncoaching.com. You can get more info on that and you can click the application link. And uh, I would love for everybody to join us. And of course, you can always get a hold of us on social media. Matt, go ahead and plug your Twitter and Instagram, sir. Oh, thank you. You can find me at Matt Hayes, M-A-T-T-H-A-Z. And you can find me at CSC Dan Mason. But let us know what your aha moments were. Let us know your breakthroughs. And don't be afraid. You can always slide up into my DMs on Instagram and send me questions because this was fun. I'd like to do this again uh, somewhere down the road. This was definitely a lot of fun. Thanks for inviting me on. I really got a kick out of this. This was a blast. Thanks for being here. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified. We'll talk See you next time.